give us um, words of encouragement um, and also dealing with her trip to Africa. Minister Peggy, you can come on up. Praise the Lord, church. Giving honor to God, who is the head of my life, and to Apostle Bryant, um, the angel over this branch of Zion, to my pastor, um, Bobby Smallwood, Reverend Bobby Smallwood. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. I, I just want to first say thanks to God for choosing me to be in a place where he can use me to his glory and for the spiritual gifts he's instilled in me and for the things that um, he has done and accomplished through me uh, because all the glory and praise go to him. Um, I thank Apostle Bryant uh, for this privilege and and an honor to be able to be here with you this evening uh, doing Bible study to talk about a beautiful experience I've had um, in three during three, three missionary trips to South Africa. I have to just bring you along the journey. Um, I went to Africa uh, in 2008, the first missionary trip from 2008 to 2012. I went with a group of missionaries um, with the Virginia uh, Mission Board in Richmond, Virginia. Um, at the time, I had just um, lost my late husband um, about two years prior. And I was, when I lost my husband, I was, I was going through grief and I was crying out to God. I said, God, I know there's something you have for me, that for me to do. Uh, please reveal it. And God did. And I was um, super, assistant superintendent of Sunday school working in the church that I was with, Shallow Old Site Baptist Church. And a, past, a uh, pastor came in who was working with the mission team out of Richmond, and he was assisting us with some workshops. And he told, yes, he says, I'm going on a missionary trip to Africa. And I thought that somebody lit a fire under me. My heart was set on fire. And I said, God, if you send me, I'll go. So I told him, I said, I would love to go. Uh, The time of year was going to be in the fall. And and I said, you know, um, I just, uh, I have to go take care of my mom. Well, that year my mom passed away. Uh, Long story short, you know, I joined the team. And I started in October, my first missionary trip to South Africa. And there's three things. Uh, 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 I took three different separate trips um, every two years from 2008 to 2012. And there's there's three very important things I want to share with you tonight about the work of God during that time. And that is how the people received Um, the word of God, how they worship God, and also the work um, of evangelism uh, from um, those trips. 
Now, the reason that we were over there is because the mission board um, had a fellowship with a, um, a, about six churches in an area called Kwakwa, which was about six hours south of Johannesburg. So a team, the first team consisted of probably about, I want to say 17 people, a large, a large group. We all um, flew into the airport in Johannesburg, spent um, about two or three days in the mission, uh, Baptist Mission House, where actually uh, Bishop Desmond Tutu studied in Johannesburg. And then we took a six-hour drive um, to the mountain village of Kwakwa. And when you... Uh, except uh, uh, when God calls you to something and you accept it, you have to be prepared. Amen. So um, I had to, I had to uh, have the funds, and I, I had to have somebody watch my daughter, and I had to prepare myself to go on the, this trip. Uh, I didn't know what to expect. Um, I was originally supposed to teach. Um, and give testimony, well, God had more in store for me than that. So when um, I got ready to um, have my funds and stuff, you know, to pay my, my way, I sent out um, a, a letters to some friends of mine, and I got every single dime that I needed for that, that trip. God furnished it for me. And I even got more. Because the last day I got ready to leave, this woman handed me a check, my dry cleaners, because I was telling everybody. I was so excited. I was telling everybody I was going to Africa on a missionary trip. And she gave me a check, and that check was for $200. Now, I had everything I needed. And, and the Holy Spirit said, just hold on to that. So I kept, you know, held on to it. And uh, uh, what, what, when also God sent you, I just want to warn you that the devil also sent his people alongside. And so this person that went with us, uh, with me, that I had to be along with, just that was, the enemy was using her, and she taunted me. And to the point of when I arrived there in country, I uh, was at the point of tears. But God gave me a vision and a dream, uh, me riding down the highway of South Africa, and the, the tall grass along the road was laid down before me. And God says, I'm making you, I'm, I'm paving the way for you. So when uh, I also needed, before I left, I needed somebody to watch my daughter. And I said, God, I got my money. I, I got everything prepared, but I need, I got to have a ram in the bush. I need somebody to watch my daughter. So it so happened that my sister uh, was able to come and help me. Matter of fact, both of uh, my sister Elizabeth and Phyllis, they, uh, both of the trips, uh, first two trips, they came and took care of my little teenage daughter because I couldn't leave her behind. So God provided everything that I needed for to go. And right before we left, the, the head of the missionary um, team uh, told us that, he says, prepare sermons because we don't have enough pastors and preachers, and we may need somebody to give a sermon. I felt like somebody lit a fire up under me. So I went on, and I prepared a sermon to, to preach. Never knew if I was going to use it, but, but I prepared two sermons. And so as we went into the village of Kwakwa, we was driving into this little village, and 
I heard some people in the van start to cry. And I looked, looking out the window, and, and I saw these little, uh, what looked like little um, sheds or little barns or where you keep an animal, a small animal. And I said, What's, what kind of animal is living in here? It had little t- bricks on top of the tin roof. And I realized I started seeing people, and I said, my God, people live in here. So it was a very poor area that we was in, but the people were so warm and so re- so attentive to our every need. They blessed us with our meals. Some of us stayed in the homes of the pastors. Um, we were able to stay at a bread and breakfast. Um, it was it was clean. It was we had a uh, we just was really uh, welcome and. One of the pastors that was with us, they said to us, they said, you know, uh, as we were asking them, what did you want us to give? What is it that you want us to, to do for you while we was here? And he said, these people need hope. Give them hope and give them the word of God. And they, I'm telling you, was very receptive to the word of God. I ended up teaming up with the head of the missionary board, uh, missionary team, the first missionary trip. And after we was there preaching in the evenings, revivals, and then in the morning we got the opportunity to go into the schools, the schools. So our day started early where we went into the schools and we was able to witness to the children in the schools. And we was able to pray with them. They wanted us to pray for them. Um, and we was also able to go into the prisons, and we was able to go into the nursing homes, the hospitals, and to see the elderly care. So we um, ended up uh, going uh, uh, to preach at our revivals at night, and one, one incident happened during that first trip that stuck in my mind is that the, one of the pastors was pulled over by a police officer, and we thought, okay, they, they, they're going to get him a ticket. But what they, the, these, these police officers wanted, they wanted Bibles. They wanted the word of God. They, they saw that the person was a pastor, they knew him, and they wanted Bibles. The second thing is when I got my first uh, calling to preach, um, I was able to um, preach a sermon and the leader um, of our group, uh, his name was Reverend Nelson, he asked me if I would want to preach um, a sermon. He says, are you prepared? And I said, yes, sir. And so he ended up um, giving me the privilege to preach my first sermon. And I preached my first sermon on the May, my late husband's anniversary, on the last thing that I said to him before he went home to glory and it was Psalms 23. That was his favorite psalm. And I remember standing there with my eyes closed and at, as we was doing the call to worship. And people received that word and they came up and were saved. During our um, week there of revival, we had over 50 people give their life to Christ. So one day we was traveling and we went to decided to go to this um, um, mall area, and I, I I found the bookstore, a Bible bookstore. So I went in, and I, I and the spirit said, "Now use that money to buy these Bibles." 
And so I bought pretty much every Bible that was in that store that day. And I went back, it was on uh, um, about a Friday evening, and uh, to the church that night, and I told the pastors I, I had Bibles to give some people, and I caused a riot. Everybody wanted a Bible. Everybody wanted a Bible. And some people had Bibles and still wanted another Bible. It was amazing. And so um, we was able to give Bibles to everybody that was there that night, and especially first ones to the people that got saved and joined the church. And there was one girl that had accepted Christ, and she didn't get a Bible. And I promised her, I said, I will be back, and I will make sure you get a Bible. Um, I will make sure of that. And one of the things that also stuck in my mind is when they received the word and they, and they confessed Christ, they, you know, repented from this, it was with tears. I mean, there was no play here, y'all. It was with tears. You could see the sincerity in their hearts. And it was so amazing that every night that we went there and they walked to church, whether it was raining or whether it was sunny, they walked to church and carrying their little children on their back. And in the little church, you know, they had the little outhouses outside for you to use the bathroom. Uh, was nothing fancy. But they came and they filled the church every night, hungry for the word of God. Well, it was very hard getting on that plane coming back to America. After experiencing the power of God there. And after what God had done in me and through me. And that he had given me the gift to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's hard was going back and you know you're excited. You want to share everything. And then it's like okay it's the same old thing. So I, I, I was working anyway in the different ministries within the church. But I definitely wanted to go back to Africa, and I got a chance to go, and this time I took my son. He went with me in 2010, and this time we wanted to, um, I noticed the, the, how the people were so receptive in their worship. You didn't have to jumpstart their praise. We went back to the same area, Kwakwa. This time I got to minister with a young pastor in a church called Revelations and in this little community called Disaster Park. And the reason it was called Disaster Park is because it had a mudslide and it killed many people and it destroyed all the homes that were there. And the government rebuilt the homes and they would sting little houses, only a little bit newer with the tin roofs and the outdoor toilets. And no lights. And it was during the rainy season. And I never forget. You know his church was new. A church in Virginia. Actually gave them money to build this church. And. When I went there for. Um, we got there. And, and we again we know. We, we flew in in Johannesburg. And, and we headed out to Kwakwa. Um, the little mountain villages in Kwakwa. And. When I got there to preach that first night, you know, um, the pastor of Mount, uh, uh, Calvary Baptist, which was the pastor that I, 
I was with the last time. His wife went with me. And I didn't care about preaching. I just wanted to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? It rang like crazy. And she was sliding all over the place in her little car going down this little dirt road. And there I was with my little white shoes and walking across this field in the mud to get to this church. And then when I got when it was get, got close, I heard the voices singing. And it was like, it was full, packed full. And it drew you into the ch- to that church. The, and they didn't have, uh, you know, drums and, and instruments to play. They sang from the death of their soul. And I said, before I got the car, I said, God, nobody going to be here tonight. It's pouring down rain. And the, I went, as I'm walking across the field to go into the church, I'm like, my God, these people are here. And they walked. They didn't get in the cars to get there now. They walked to church in the rain. And when they got into the doors, they started singing their praise. And just worshiping God from their hearts. It was amazing. And what was also amazing is the church was full of children. Full of children. And they honored God's house because when they get, I noticed when I went in, they took their shoes off to walk on this little cement, this little cement floor because it didn't have any nice carpet on it. To sit on this little tiny plastic chair, which the grown folks sat on too, and to worship God. And some of them sat on the floor, very attentive, listening to the word of God, worshiping, praising God. It was a it was an awesome week because that 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 certain missionary um, trip we did workshops to help the pastors out. We did workshops. I was blessed to be able to do a women's workshop. I was over the women's ministry at the time and had established a women's ministry. God had given me that task to do at the church that I was in. And so I was able to uh, help out by uh, uh, conducting a women's um, conference, a women's ministry conference. And so, but one uh, one day we was when we was there and we was finishing up one of the sessions of the conference. We started the the, the people, the young people that was there. They started singing, and and we got into a uh, just a Holy Ghost good time praise and worship, just just you know out of nowhere. And they were singing um, that song at the time that opened the windows of heaven and let it rain. And my son was there with me, so he was he's a video photographer, so he was videoing uh, all of our um, different events. And so he was videoing, we were singing and praising God, so, and I, and I realized it was raining on me. It was raining on me in the church. I mean, they were singing with such depth of their heart, it was pouring down rain outside. And it was raining through the rock. But we didn't, that didn't stop us. I just moved over on the side and kept on praising. And, but we had an awesome time in the Lord. They blessed us, blessed our souls. And that little church that I was in, I remember also, um, I think it was during the revival week, I was preaching one night and the gospel of Jesus Christ and I have an interpreter.
interpreter that was interpreting for me. And after I finished my sermon, I did a call to, to discipleship, and I was praying that somebody, uh, as he was interpreting, would come up and receive Christ as their Lord and Savior, right? And, so, you know, we get one person here. We shouting all over the place, right? I opened my eyes, and it had to be over 20 people standing in front of me with their hands together, tears rolling down their eyes. And so I looked at the pastor and I says, do they want prayer or do, you know, do, are they, do they understand this is a call to accept Christ? This is a call to discipleship. He's, and he, he, you know, he asked them in their language and, and, and he looked at me and he go, yes, they want to be saved. And I was like, I was about to shout. So I went on and explained what it meant to be saved and how you can be saved and what salvation meant. I wanted to make sure that this decision is what they wanted to do. And they gave their life to Christ. And they, they gave their life to Christ, but they show back up in testimony time with tears. And I just remember this one uh, young woman, and she was, she was in her language. I couldn't understand nothing, but I could understand her heart, her joy. I could see it all through her, tears flowing from her eyes, and she kept going, I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. And not only was it that when they, when, they, when they received Christ, we would go back into the schools as we did before, and we went back into schools, and these young people were witnessing to the kids at their school. They were going, and, 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 and people, kids that they knew, and they were inviting them back to church to get, I got something that was good, like, I want you to come and get this, what I got. And then, so it was, it was just Unbelievable unbelievable and so we had also went back into the classrooms to schools uh this school um in this little community disaster park um i we was able to go in there and the principal y'all get this the principal of the school gave us an opportunity to come in where the pastor rather to teach the children about christ Gave him a classroom and, and wanted him to come in on Sundays and preach the word of God to the children. As a, I, I was like, we are, we are free, but they are free. Where they, you can go into their classrooms, you can, and the principals and the teachers are standing there wanting you to encourage them in the word of God. It was amazing. It was amazing. And, the, and the, the, they, they have what they call a, a parade before they start class. And they gather all the children and they praise and they pray and they get a word of God of, of encouragement from the word of God before they start their day. It was amazing. And they, the students... When we asked them what we could do for them, they said they wanted prayer, that they could do well on their tests. This is, this is high school, y'all. It's amazing. It was so amazing. And so on the second missionary trip, I got the chance to go back to the, the church in which I preached my initial sermon. I had to go back. Because I had a Bible that I picked up for that young daughter. 
And I wrote some words of encouragement in it. And I didn't know if she was going to be there or not. But I talked to the pastor of the church. And he says, yes, she's still here. Matter of fact, she's working in the ministries here at the church. And I said, oh, good, because I have a Bible. And he said, you bought her a Bible? I said, of course. I promised it to her. So we, I bought her a Bible, and I presented it to her at church one night. And, you know, and said, I promise you I would come back, and I promise you I would bring the Bible. And I brought the Bible. And, and during that trip... We, uh, we also took, like, um, trunks of Bibles to the different churches, like about three or four trunks of Bibles that we had collected over the two years from different churches that we knew and took them back to Africa. Now, this is what they, God shows and reveals things to you. You know, as you work in the ministry, you grow in the ministry, right? We realized the Bibles were in English. Now, the young people could read them, but the older people, because they're of apartheid, didn't go to school. So they couldn't read those Bibles in English because they do learn English in their schools, right? So the third missionary trip that we went, and again, as I ended the second missionary trip, it was, it was always hard to get on the plane to come home. Because I was, I was like, God, I could just stay here. You know, I could stay here. There's so much work here to do. I could stay here. But I had work to do back at home, too, in my church. And one thing I must say about my church family, even though they didn't go, they could not go, all of them, they supported me. Now, one time that I go on a missionary trip that I didn't have everything that was furnished for me, that I needed, and more, and blessed with more. So between the second missionary trip and the third missionary trip, the fellowship ended, but so in between that, those two, that two-year span, the, the pastors that we were able to minister and we built this fellowship with and this friendship with, they came to America. Yeah, they came to Virginia. And I had the privilege and the honor to host the pastor and his wife that I preached at the church I preached at my initial sermon. They stayed with me in my home and also another pastor and and uh we was able to uh they was able to spend about three or four days with me. And so um I was blessed by them and and, and and when we got ready, they got ready to leave uh, that summer before they came. It came in October. But that summer before they came, we had VBS. Get this, y'all. We had VBS. And, one, and, of course, I was superintendent of Sunday school by then, right? So we over VBS, and we had VBS. And we had the children um, uh, just make gifts for the children of Africa. We had a, a um, project, Africa Will Be Saved, uh, project. And one of the things I noticed when I went there is the children, they didn't have school buses. They had to walk to school. And, and in the rain, they didn't have umbrellas, but every time they got ready to go to school, they took their shoes off and they would have a bowl of water outside their classroom door and they washed their shoes off and they, they went in to school. They reverence the schools. Amen. And so during our VBS, I had each classroom from the smallest children up to the teenagers make 
ponchos with the word of God, Jesus saves. And right on it, Jesus saves. Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the good shepherd. On their heads, the umbrellas. We wrote it on their umbrellas. Uh, we wrote it on their, their bonnets that they went on their heads. And we sent the word of God back to Africa. And those children took the word of God into their schools. Over their heads and on their backs. God is amazing, isn't he? Oh, uh, and when we went back on the third missionary trip, and my final missionary trip there with them, um, I was able to minister again with the young pastor in Revelations and the disaster part. And we taught, uh, did some teachings on how to exalt the Savior, to edify the body, and to evangelize the lost. And which is um, the work that the church does. Amen. So we went and uh, did uh, some teaching during the mornings. We also did went to the schools again, and, and we was able to um, go into the elderly care, the same type of work. We did work in the mornings, and at night we preached and taught. Um, and so at the end of that week, after I finished the, the teaching, I said, okay, it's time. The Lord said, it's time to put them to work. So we met at the church around 3 o'clock one afternoon, on a Friday afternoon, and said, we're going to go out into the community and we're going to evangelize. And so we teamed up with um, uh, a, uh, about, I want to say about 8, 10 people, me and another um, pastor, and with my interpreter. And we went in one direction and they went in the, in the other him and the pastor did. And so the first stop we stopped at was the house. And I never forget there was a little man sitting out in front who obviously was the man of the house. And the, the my interpreter asked him if we could come in and explain that we were missionaries and we wanted to come in and we wanted to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he welcomed us in his home. And so as I uh, started to explain uh, God's message of the salvation of Jesus Christ. And there was this woman there. And I said, when you do the work of the, the Lord, always remember that the enemy is always going to have his people planted out there. But you cannot allow that to block you or stop you. You have to keep your focus. And so I continued to explain and answer questions and I looked around, and the, everybody in the house was in the room where we was at. And God said to me, he says, enough. Offer them the gift. Offer them the free gift. And so uh, I offered them the gift of salvation. I says, you got the chance to make a, cho a, a, a choice now and, I, and um, to be saved. And, and so when uh, uh, my interpreter explained to them, the whole house wanted to be saved. Everybody in the house got saved that day. So we, we, we uh, um, uh, told them how to, you know, we, uh, to do the, the prayer. We did a prayer of the sinner's prayer with them. 
They accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. And I never forget the face of the man as we were leaving. And when they accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior, they were hands lifted up praising God. And I never forget the face of this man. He had a fa- his face was lit up. He was praising God like an angel's face. And so I went on, we went out the house, and, and my interpreter said, let's go and uh, find the other team. And so we went on down the road, and then we stopped there. As I'm walking to find the other members of our, our church, I'm walking beside this man, and the Holy Spirit said, introduce yourself to him. So I, I say, hi, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm uh, Minister Peggy Jackson, and I'm a missionary here from America. You know, we spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I says, uh, he says, I love Jesus. You, I know Jesus. I said, you know Jesus Christ? He said, I love Jesus. He said, I, I know Jesus. I said, do you know him as your Lord and Savior? Are you saved? And he stopped. And he said, no, I don't know him. And so I had my interpreter come to explain to him where we stood there on the side of that road and we shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with him and what it meant to be saved and how he could be saved. He gave his life to Christ. We left him glorifying God and praising God and we kept on walking. And we come upon our team and there here's here's like five people. Men buy this little vegetable cart. And so my interpreter said, let's go help them out. So we walked over there. We shared the gospel with them. They gave their life to Christ. Now I'm on fire. And I'm telling you, I had to walk up the side of them like a big, big hill to get back to the church. And it, I was singing and dancing and praising God as I went. It was incredible. It was incredible. It, it was it's so emotional. It was so just you experience God. And I remember I had these little tracks that I had taken and I put the, uh, explaining the salvation message and I, I took the pastor's church address and I went to this um, little uh, office like a Staples, but, you know, smaller. And I had um, his address printed on all of these tracks and I gave them out to these people as I was going. I gave everybody them out after we, we explained the gift of salvation and told them, says, come here, join us at this church. You know, we would be here till Sunday. And on Sunday, these people showed up to church. And about 13 of the people that accepted Christ as we went out and evangelized, came and joined that church that Sunday. It is amazing grace. We touch so many people in so such a short time. That 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 missionary trip, we had pastors that baptized believers during that time. We was only there for two weeks. A mighty move of God. A mighty move of God because I said to God, God, send me, I'll go. And there was one thing that um, I just want to share with you that happened also. It was, it was on the second missionary trip, and, and I was leaving the house of God after preaching one night, walking back across that field, and I, I'm telling you, it was, it, it was such much joy that you had. The spirit was so high. 
And as I'm walking across the field and going back to our car, I heard singing. And I'm like, oh, my God, where's the singing coming from? And I look behind me, and it was the children. And they were following me, singing this song that I used to love to listen to. And it's very simple when it said, Holy Spirit must come down. And Africa will be saved. And they were singing it as they were walking behind me, waving goodbye to me. As I said, it was hard each time getting on that flight, coming back here. Because the word was so well received. And when they received it with gladness, and then they went to work. And they shared their faith. They didn't wait to share, to go out and share their faith and witness. They shared their faith by giving them the testimony of their faith and how they got saved. They didn't have to come and go through that Bible. They shared with them what they experienced. I encourage you today. Go outside of these walls. This is where you come to get your learning, to get built up, so you can go outside the wall. You don't have to clean them. You just got to catch them because God does the cleaning. You don't give them a, a have to teach them a Bible study class. You just have to give them the message of salvation of how much God loves them. And if you can't remember to do, just tell them about how you got saved. Everybody has a testimony of how they got saved. If you are saved. And the love of God and what he's done in your heart. Witness. If you, I remember in the book of Acts when Jesus saw his, this, told his disciples before he went ascended back into glory that they were going to be there that they were going to be his witness in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and all the nations of the world, earth. But Jerusalem is your family. Judea is your neighbors and friends and your community. Samaria, America, all the nations of the world. If you can't go there, support somebody that God is sending. But go outside of these walls. Because that's where the work is. We work in here too with our spiritual gifts. We work inside the church too. But the gospel message need to go outside. There are hundreds of thousands of people dying. Thousands day by day. Think about that. And how many of them are not saved? Young, old, death doesn't have no discrimination. And if they die without Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they're going to spend eternity with Satan and all those fallen angels. You have to go outside the walls. And all you have to do is say, God, Send me, I'll go. Open up a door for me today to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
I encourage you in that. And if Apostle Brian, if you wouldn't mind, I have that song. And if you day, I want you just to hear this song that um, Africa will be saved, and it was should be our cry that America will be saved, that Burga will be saved, that my family will be saved. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you very much. God bless you.
Peggy, thank you again, because that's a lot of encouragement for all of us to know where we are and what we should be doing at this time. Amen. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for the word that came forth tonight, God. We thank God for using Minister Peggy Jackson, God, tonight, God. Letting us know, God, that there's people out there, God, that's in need for your word, God. And God, letting us know, God, that God, how we have the advantage of your word, God, with Bibles and so forth, God, and with literature, God. God, we speak to God, we go outside these walls, God, to minister to your people, God, to witness to them, God, to let them know, God, what we are learning, God, in here, God, and give it to them, God. God, we thank God for the ones that was here tonight, God, to receive the word, God, even online, God, that we receive the word tonight, God. And God, we thank God we instill the word tonight, God. And God, let's give glory and praise God for everything we heard tonight, God. And God, we thank you, God, for strengthening Peggy, God, tonight, God. And God, the people, God, in Alpha, God, and all over the world, God. We thank God they're healed, delivered, set free, God, right now in the name of Jesus, God. And God, we just thank you, God. And God, we thank you for the safe travel highways on the way home tonight, God, watching over each and every one of us, God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. <laughs> 